1: Welcome to the New Books Network. Good day. Welcome to New Books in History, a podcast channel on New Books Network. My name is Dr. Charles Cotillo of the Royal Historical Society. I'm a host on the channel. And today we are pleased and indeed honored to have with us Master Historian, Professor Jeremy Black. Professor Black is Professor Emeritus of History at the University of Exeter. He's without a doubt the most prolific historian in the Anglophone to- world today having written well over 150 books, and today we're discussing one of his latest books, Smollett's Britain, published by St. Augustine Press. Welcome, Professor Black. Hello. Professor, why did you write this book?
0: I wrote this book because Tobias Smollett, who was a novelist who lived from 1721 to 1771, is, I think it's fair to say, not a well-known figure at the present moment. And it's part of a series of books I've been writing in which I've either tried to direct attention to people who are suffering from, as it were, what is known as the literary canon, going in a more uh, fashionable and fanciful direction, or who, in my view, have had their essential Conservative disposition, often religious disposition, ignored. And as you will know, I've published books on um, Shakespeare, on Jane Austen, on Charles Dickens, on Arthur Cohn Doyle. Um, uh, I've got one on Henry Fielding coming forward. I've got Ian Ian Fleming out and Agatha Christie. And in each case, what I've tried to do is say either these figures are well-known but misrepresented because people wish to have a kind of fashionable account of them. Or, I think Smollett is very clearly a case, a figure who was significant in his own day, major novelist, a major journalist, but who doesn't receive enough attention today.
1: By background and origin, who was Smollett? Smollett came from the Scottish minor
0: gentry, he came from Clydeside, um, he trained uh, as a doctor and then made the trip which so many Scotsmen did who were um, you know, keen to improve themselves. He went to London and in London he followed both a medical career and a career in literary life.
1: How Scottish was Smollett and how did he react to English attacks on Scottish people which were rather common in the first half of the 18th century? Well, he was
0: certainly Scottish. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And he reflects that in a number of writings, most famously the Tears of Scotland, which includes some grim language about the aftermath of the suppression of the 45 rebellion. But of course, it's worth bearing in mind that um, it wasn't a question of the English versus the Scots essentially how this is often portrayed by Scottish nationalists today, this was a Scottish civil war in many respects, Jacobitism, and Smollett was uh, on the side of what one might call the relatively low church Protestants in Scotland, that's the established church, the Presbyterians, against the Episcopalians and the Catholics who were more likely to look Uh, to uh, the pretender to the Jacobite cause Um, so Smollett both uh, presented himself uh, as a North Briton and indeed had some of his characters in that light notably um, the protagonist in his novel Roderick Random uh, in which the protagonist in fact finds a significant degree of hostility in London to Scots but at the same time Smollett very much invested both Personally, and in his writing, in the notion of a Briton, and I think that's quite interesting. I mean, he's not unique in that. If you think of another novelist, journalist, Oliver Goldsmith, who was an Irishman who studied medicine in Edinburgh, went to uh, London, and again uh, became a figure in London literary life, there was a sense in which there was a Greater Britain, which was more than just the English. And I think uh, there's a danger today that proto-nationalism, or indeed achieved nationalism in the case of the Republic of Ireland can underplay this Britishness I mean it's worth bearing in mind you can see this later I mean figures like James Joyce or Oscar Wilde are claimed by modern Ireland in fact both of those figures couldn't get out of it quickly enough um, and Wilde of course was essentially uh, an English uh, figure or he would have seen himself a British figure and again you can see the same with American uh, literature um, Many of the great American literary figures, artistic figures, stayed in America and can be seen in nationalist terms. But others, I mean, one can think, for example, going back to the 18th century, to get like the painter Benjamin West or more recently, people like T.S. Eliot or Henry James, for him, uh, all uh, moved to London and saw themselves as part of a greater Anglosphere, one that wasn't defined by Englishness.
1: What was uh, Smollett's view of the English, and how did he like living in London? Well, he found London
0: very stimulating, um, and he liked its literary life, he liked its cafe life, Uh, He was a great entertainer. Um, What was his view of the English? He didn't like English xenophobes, um, and he got very angry in the early 1760s when uh, um, the Marquess of Bute, uh, George III's advisor and Secretary of State from um, 1762 to 63, uh, Lord Treasurer, in fact, um, uh, was stigmatized as a Scot. But as I've said, I mean Smollett, uh, you know, provided this account of himself as British, and when he has uh, his character. Um uh, you know refer to these matters, you know uh, he often is quite happy to identify with Britain and the British, or what he calls British freedom, for example, in his book on Ferdinand Count fathom, uh, rather as opposed to other nationalities, notably France.
1: What were Smollett's politics and what was his opinion of the old and the young pretenders?
0: I think it's fair to say that Smollett had uh, Tory tendencies, I think it's fair to say, but uh, he was certainly no Jacobite, and one's reminded of the extent to which Toryism, like Whiggism, was a, a coalition, and indeed something one's inclined to forget about when we're looking at the many of our uh, modern polit- political uh, Um, uh, groupings, we tend to see them as having a uniformity. I don't think you could say that with Smollett. I mean, in his newspapers, things like The Britain or The Complete History, um, he writes in very much a Tory tone, but without in any way sympathizing with Jacobitism.
1: What was Smollett's experience in view of abroad? um well he
0: uh, i mean in fact he dies abroad um he was uh, you know he settles in the end in italy near livorno lake Horn, as they used to call it um he knows france he writes about france he publishes really rather a, a excellent in some respects and certainly reflective uh, travel accounts uh, of his travels in um in uh, france and italy he'd also as, as a Starting off his career, uh, I've gone to the West Indies, to the Caribbean, as a doctor on a Royal Naval warship during the War of Jenkins' Ear against Spain. And, of course, he marries um, a Jamaican heiress, uh, which means that he marries into, as it were, the um, uh, slave-owning class, if you want to use that term, or, or group.
1: Uh, What did Small think of Roman Catholicism? not
0: a fan, I think it's fair to say. Um, I mean, he could admire individual Catholics, which was fairly normal um, in 18th century English writing, Um, but he he was very much against papal government and he was very much against um, the uh, shrines and uh, pilgrimages and what he saw as superstition. Um, Like most British travelers, he was also fairly skeptical about monasteries and nunneries. So he has uh, villainous uh, uh, Catholic clerics, but he doesn't necessarily regard all of them as villainous. And I think that that's the point. I mean, he's he's very much um, willing to uh, to take a... a individual view. Um, and if one can obviously quote him at times being pretty scathing, I mean, I think it's fair to say that Smollett as a whole is pretty scathing about uh, all sorts of things. That's just the nature uh, of his of his writing. Um, And, you know, I can easily quote to you. I mean, I've got in my book, and you will have read the book, um, sort of skeptical remarks. I think that's a polite phrase about uh, Catholicism. But as I said, the key thing is to bear in mind that he was also pretty critical about um, all sorts of people.
1: How popular and successful a writer was Small in his day?
0: In his day, he was very popular. Uh, A novel like Humphrey Clinker, for example, was uh, very popular. His travels through um, uh, Italy and Spain was exerted in the newspapers. And I think it's fair to say that he went on being popular into the 19th century. Uh, Charles Dickens famously um, was very, very keen on, on Smollett and indeed... Um, in David Copperfield uh, which is the novel that is closest to being autobiographical by Dickens, he writes my father had left a small collection of books, Roderick Random, Peregrine Pickle, Humphrey Clinker, Tom Jones, the Vicar of Wakefield, Tom, Don Quixote, Gil Bluff, Robinson Crusoe, a glorious host. They kept alive my fancy and my hope of something beyond that time and place. Now of the three, eight books he mentions, three are uh, Roderick Random, Peregrine Pickle, and hum- Clinker by Smollett, and two were works translated by him, uh, Don Quixote and Gil because uh, he was also—I mean, he was—you know—a linguist. I mean, he was—you know—he presented himself sometimes as a xenophobe, but in fact, he was quite cosmopolitan. Um, and I think the impact he had on Dickens is very um, is very significant because of the writers of the before the neo-Gothic writers. Uh, Smollett is in the way one that fires the imagination. Um, there is something to a degree fantastical, but it's located in human life to an extent that you don't get with Gulliver's Travels, which is very much located outside human life, or you don't really get with Robinson Crusoe, which is a utopia in the South Seas. So what you're getting in, say, Roderick Random Peregrine Pickle, Humphrey Clinker, are accounts of the here and now, but they are to a degree, wilder than the general writing of the period. There isn't this sense of politeness. There's, for example, an excrementalism, a willingness willingness to describe uh, all sorts of um, rather unpleasant bodily functions, which is very much, um, in, in a deed, appropriate for a doctor, you might say, but is also much more... Um, to the bone, much more to the quick of describing uh, British society of that period. And I think it also uh, is worth bearing in mind that that links to the humour of of Smollett. Now, the humour can be a bit savage uh, at the expense of people, but there is a continual attempt to to provide uh, humour. And sometimes it's, you know, it's... uh, Uh, it's being very sardonic about the reforming uh, ideology of the period. So in Perican Pickle, um, he come, his character comes across somebody who's interested in agricultural improvements and I'll quote the passage, it's slightly long, but it's interesting. A gentleman of a very mathematical turn who valued himself upon the improvements he'd made in several domestic machines and now presented the plan of a new contrivance for cutting cabbages in such a manner as would secure the stock against the rotting rain and enable it to produce a plenteous after- aftercrop of delicious sprouts. In this important machine, he had united the whole mechanic powers with such massy complication of iron and wood that it could not have been moved without the assistance of a horse and a road made for the convenience of the draft. Now, this was absolutely humor typical of Smollett. He's, um, he's got his sense of the absurd there, which he continually has. Um, he's making fun of agricultural improvement. He's making fun of the way it's usually written about in the very magazines and newspapers that he also wrote And I think it's fair to say that there is a sardonic curiosity about other human beings, which is very much, I would suggest, a sort of medical approach. You know, he sees people as a doctor does, and um, he's quite happy to talk about it. exactly the same in his account of Bath. And in Humphrey Clinker, of course, the brilliance there is that each of the characters, I mean, it's it's a tour around Britain, including some interesting passages on Scotland. It's um, a family group, a gentleman, his family, and the servants, and each of them write accounts of what they're seeing through a series of letters, and the letters are all written in different tones, languages, and dialects, and Smollett is brilliant at capturing those differences. So in some respect, he's an outsider. He's a Scot in London. He's somebody who does not... Uh, have great connections. He's not like Henry Fielding, who is an old Etonian who's pushed forward by George Littleton. Smollett has to support himself. Um, and he does so. Uh, by both being a medic and by his pen, and he is very much an outsider commenting on English society and doing so with humor, vigor, and a degree at times of acrimony, which does make his writing much more edgy than a lot of the politeness of the period. I'd rather read Smollett than Richardson any day.
1: And how would you compare Smollett as a novelist to Fielding?
0: Well, that's a really interesting question. I think Fielding's novels are less extraordinary, although um, towards the end with Amelia, there comes to be a... a, which, of course, did not succeed anywhere near as well commercially. There are some pretty extraordinary and bitter passages. Um, I think Fielding, on the whole... In Tom Jones and Joseph Andrews, they have happy endings. They're more contained. They're picaresque without being so pointed as Smollett's are. Smollett's characters uh, have much rougher passages, I think it's fair to say. And also, of course, Smollett's past characters... um, more frequently travel outside um, England. Um, there is a degree to which um, Fielding, in his two most famous novels, they're very much accounts of southern England, and the the terrors and the problems that can arise are contained within what southern England, uh, uh, as it were, could do at that stage. Whereas in uh, Smollett, you go to the New World. Um, you know you have a, a a more edgy sense of things in that respect it's more similar to Defoe with things like Moll Flanders and
1: Colonel Jack. How has Smollett's reputation held up since his passing?
0: Well I think it's fair to say that in the 19th century people would have heard of Smollett and many of them I've cited Dickens uh, read him I think it fair to say that is much less the case now. I mean, Smollett um, is not used for uh, television and film as Fielding and even more Jane Austen has been. Um, And I think it's fair to say he's dropped out of the firmament, which is one reason why I wanted to write about him. I think there is this enormous condescension of posterity in which people... Um, it can be just written out. And I think that that can be very unfortunate, not least because it then can lead to a caricature or certainly a misreading of what the nature of the literary scene at the age was. And as you may know, in my book on English cultural history in the 18th century, I tried to depict a, a world that was far from polite, to use that 18th century term, and that was much more varied and diverse. And I've always been... Um, uh, concerned that we shouldn't have the idea of a zeitgeist, a united approach, a uniform style which supposedly characterizes a culture. Let us say people using phrases like the culture of 18th century England or the culture of Gilded Age America or the culture of 1960s America. And these are often ludicrous assumptions. I mean, the culture of 1960s America was as much the culture of the figure that won the 1968 presidential election, Richard Nixon, as it was of radicals on the campuses or in Chicago. So I think one needs to capture a diversity. And uh, reading Smollett, you do capture a diversity and a play of the imagination, which is fascinating.
1: If you wanted people to take one thing away from your book,
0: what would it be? What it would be was the richness of 18th century literary culture and the extent to which the novel, a new form as it was then, um, actually was used by people to offer very differing accounts, each of which can be of great interest, but in combination they are Absolutely fascinating. And, of course, Americans of the 18th century read novels coming across um, the Atlantic, and Smollett, like the others, became part of American literary culture, a something that tends to be written down or out in the United States.
1: On that observation, I would like to thank you very much, Professor Black, for being so kind to speak with us today. This is Charles Cottio. You've been listening to New Books in History, a podcast channel New Books Network. Thank you, Professor Black, very much. Thank you
0: very much.